Welcome to Citizen Science, stories of science we can do together, brought to you by SciStarter. Today, we look at the tasty, tantalizing, and sometimes toxic world of fungi, and the results of the first annual Great North American Fungi Quest. About 450 million years ago, the first aquatic plants were doing their best to move on to land and create the lush green world that we humans began enjoying about 449 million years later. But they had a big problem. All of those nutrients that used to wash over them when they lived underwater were no longer available, so they had to try to suck all the nutrients they needed out of the ground. Well. Their story and our story would have ended right there, except for the heroes of today's podcast, the fungi. These soil-dwelling creatures could poke their hair-thin hyphae or mycelium through the soil and absorb all the chemical compounds they needed. But they couldn't photosynthesize and make their own food the way plants do. So they formed a mycorrhizal partnership, literally fungus root, sharing their soil nutrients in exchange for sugars produced by plants. Soon, this power couple conquered nearly every body of land on Earth. And isn't there a lesson there for all of us? Later on, Earth's thriving plant life allowed the first animals to begin nibbling their way out of the oceans. So you could say with 100% confidence that without fungi, this very podcast would never have existed. But... Despite their importance, fungi are so discreet, spending most of their lives underground or as single-celled yeasts and other invisible forms, that we tend to overlook them unless they're forming unsightly mildew films on our shower grout. Okay, sometimes I still overlook them even then, but I'm working on that. The point is, there are an estimated 2.8 million species of fungi in the world at least, and about 95% of them have yet to be described. I know what you're thinking. This sounds like a job for citizen science. And today, our guest is Robert Courteau, creator of the nonprofit group Think Fungi and also the first annual Great North American Fungi Quest. And yes, I'm pronouncing it fungi here because that's how Robert pronounces it, although the folks at the Oxford Dictionary say definitively that it's pronounced, and I quote, However you want to say it, buddy, you can say... Fungi. Or... Fungi. Or even... Fungi. Obviously, they were in a good mood that day. Also with us in the SciStarter virtual party space is Emma Giles, SciStarter program coordinator. Emma is at the controls and also joining in as she is so moved. All right, thanks for joining us, Robert. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, how you got involved in fungi before we get into the actual fungi quest and learn more about that? Yeah, so uh, I'm a former chef and was, you know, started off my career uh, here in Canada, in Ottawa, and it eventually led me to the Czech Republic. So, okay. I, <laughs> of course, as it will. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. People like to travel, you know, we like to go to Europe. And so I got to see what the, uh, the old world has in terms of culinary value. So I was cooking over there and um, people I knew over there told me to try out the national pastime, which is basically uh, mushroom hunting. So pretty much anywhere, huh. uh, you know, pretty much the further east you go in, the, in Europe, the more mushroom hunting becomes a thing. So people who are from, you know, Poland, Ukraine, Czech Republic, Slovakia kind of areas, um, they, they definitely know what I'm talking about. So kind of went out, but I didn't have field guides and uh, it was really dependent on the neighbor. And the neighbor didn't speak any English and I didn't speak any Czech. Uh, so it was a little sketchy at the time. So well, the, the, the neighbor told me there was three mushrooms that were edible. 
So those are the three that I always kept on going for. And eventually I realized that there was probably more than three edible mushrooms. Uh, so I started to learn those. Then I realized I should probably learn the poisonous ones. Good idea. Uh, so you should have started with that, but that's okay. Think, right? think. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I started to learn some of the poisonous ones, eventually moved back to Canada here um, where I just continue to learn. It's an entirely different ecosystem of, of mushrooms here. So I had to restart everything and, and learn from the, from the very beginning. Then uh, from there, just kind of fell into actually the science of, of fungi and uh, everything that they do. Um, it's actually an extraordinary little world, uh, super niche, obviously. Not many people know much of anything about, about fungi. And, uh -huh. um, and so you kind of fall down a little rabbit hole. Eventually I realized, you know, I'm still of the opinion that fungi could, could save the world if we just allowed it to. Uh, so that is just in the way. Yeah, exactly. Basically. Yeah. They've, they've been here a lot longer than we have. They know what they're uh -huh. doing. It's interesting how many people, especially with, with fungi, have started as citizen, you know, people who are interested in them, then became more like amateur citizen scientists of fungi, and then just kept going, as opposed to a lot of other areas where, you know, you study maybe ornithology or study enology in college. But a lot of the most prominent fungus experts um, came to it from, you know, sort of like you did. Yeah, uh, it's, it's funny because some people will come in through biology, right? They, they had an interest in biology and, you know, mycology just kind of stood out to them. And so they entered it through that way. But I'd say the majority come from kind of the foraging aspect where, you know, they, they like gardening or they like hunting or they like to do, you know, homesteading and, uh, and mushrooms are, are there. They get into the edible first and then hopefully with any luck, um, it goes from just being an edible mushrooms to all mushrooms, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the ones that are really amazing aren't necessarily the ones that you're going to be eating. Right. And it's a whole kingdom, right? A lot of people might think of it as a fairly you know, small group of critters, but, um, but they have an entire kingdom to themselves and all sorts of diversity. Oh yeah. There's more species of fungi than, than there are of all the others combined. Yeah. And now, and that's really part of, I'm, I just wanted to get into, you know, this fungi quest. That's really part of it is to get people out there and identifying these things. Is, is that part of your uh, impetus for starting this project, this North American fungi, fungi quest? Yeah. Um, this year was predominantly uh, oriented towards getting as many observations as possible and, and really getting the general public involved. So not just those people who are already doing it. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, the person who never really thought about it or, you know, school kids or, or, or you know, just, just the general public. Um, so we didn't want to make anything too confusing. So um, we have some bigger plans for next year, for example, that we'll get into a little bit. But uh, right now it's kind of just let's, let's get those observations in. The more observations we have, the better for a variety of different reasons. So that really was kind of one of the key goals. Do you hope to make it sort of, it reminds me a little bit of the Christmas bird count that happens every year. Is this sort of the, a similar idea? Yeah. Uh, for, for example, this, the fungi quest that just ended, we had just under, I believe, 10 short or seven short of 4,400 species. Wow. So, wow. you know, if you put that into context, there's about 200 species in North America, birds, I think. Uh-huh. So, uh -huh. Uh, you know, there's a good little comparison, right? We had wow. 22, 22 times the amount of total bird species actually documented by Fungi Quest. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's estimated there's probably around 11,000 species of, of like mushrooms. Kind of have to differentiate from general fungi because any sort of uh, mold that's growing on your uh, on your orange could technically be considered a, in, in right or or right, exactly. uh, mildew or athlete's right, exactly. foot. Or... <laughs> so when we're talking strictly of the fruit bodies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're estimating, and it's still an estimate that there's only about eleven thousand in North America. Mm-hmm. Um, so we documented nearly half of them. Okay, and I should point out here that by fruiting bodies, we mean mushrooms, right? The, the, they're the reproductive organs of some fungi that live underground or on trees. They carry spores, which are kind of like the seeds that plants carry in fruit. So yeah, mushrooms are fruiting bodies. So I tend to tell people that it's kind of like the apple of the apple tree. Uh-huh. So, I mean, this is the reproductive organ, if you will, of, 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 the, uh, of the entire fungi. So that in itself is obviously where you're going to be identifying what that is, right? But you have roughly 3 million species of fungi uh, in the world. Wow. And you have roughly between somewhere in the vicinity of 20,000 to 30,000 species that actually produce fruit bodies. Oh, so, okay. you know, that's about 1% of all fungi will create fruit bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other 99% don't. And before we go too far, I know I know some folks could be inspired by this podcast to go out mushroom foraging themselves. And there are some that are toxic, we know, and even deadly. So first of all, don't eat anything unless you're absolutely sure what it is. Um, that's really good advice for everything, not just mushrooms. If you don't know what it is, don't put it in your mouth. Beyond that, Robert, do you have any suggestions when it comes to avoiding you know, problematic mushrooms? White mushrooms with white gills. Um, yeah. So when you have the gills on the underside, mm-hmm. um, you know, your regular button mushroom that you're going to get at the grocery store, if you can think of it in your mind, is a white mushroom, yeah. uh, but the gills underneath are black, right? So those are your basic uh, mushrooms. Now imagine the same thing, but with white gills underneath. Yeah. Um, and the reason why that's kind of a caveat is because you have the destroying angel which is a white mushroom with oh. white gills. And you have the that, death. I don't cap. like the name of that. <laughs> <laughs> that does not like the sound of that. If that, that's on the menu, I'm like, yeah, maybe I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah. Gonna yeah you don't want the destroying angel and you don't want the death cap. And both of those Definitely. are white mushrooms with white caps. They're very prevalent across the continent. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and they actually are some of the most common mushrooms for, for mushroom poisonings. And, uh-huh. um, and they're not... There, you don't want to consume that. I guarantee you, it's not like a mild toxic. It's you know deadly toxic. Yikes. Okay, so between now and the next Fundy Quest, if you want, if if somebody wants to get confident that they can go out and make an identification and contribute meaningfully, and maybe even um, uh, collect some for their own consumption. What would you recommend people do? Are there clubs? Are there groups? Are there, you know, how, how do you get into this? Yeah, I mean, so so right off the bat, I mean, uh, the world of, of mycology tends to be pretty regionalized simply because mushrooms tend to be fairly regionalized. So, uh-huh. um, you know, most states uh, will have their own uh, regional clubs. Okay. Um, so there's quite a lot of mycology clubs. Um, And I definitely would recommend getting involved with one of them because they tend to have a good number of experts. They go out in the woods with, you know, their guided tours. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's really no replacement for going out, uh, going out with 
experienced people to show you the, those fun ones, you know, you know, even people who are just interested in taking photos, right. Really enjoy their photography. Uh, you know, they like to go out, but people who want to know more about the science or more about foraging for edibles. Right. So there's all different kinds of people who come out to, to these events. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely in the regional clubs, uh, think fungi, which is, um, you know, what I created, mm -hmm. uh, think fungi was designed as a community. So it's a free community online where essentially anyone can just join globally and it's nothing but a group of microfiles, right? So, um, it's open for anyone to host events if they want, because as I said, we're so regional, um, in terms of these clubs, I just thought it would be a good idea to have kind of a more expansive group, if you will. So, um, so yeah, so there's a number of clubs you can join for sure. Right. Okay. That would be my first step. Also field guides. If you're going to go yeah. out, if you are an introvert and you want to go by yourself, then you get your field guides. Um, you, you set aside a few hours, essentially you uh -huh. go to the woods, you find a mushroom, you flip through the field guide, you find the mushroom. So that's, that's how I started. I mean, yeah. um, but it's much more preferable to go with people who know what they're doing and just learn from them. Stand on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. Right. Good idea. Wow. And and I know that some fungi are microscopic, like yeasts, right? But isn't there a fungus that's the largest single organism on Earth, like like up in Oregon? Yeah, the honey mushroom. So yeah, um, absolutely massive. And it's also it's not only the the largest, but it's also considered it's right up there with the heaviest organism on Earth. Mm -hmm. If you were to compile all that. Uh, mycelium from underground and, and right. put it together in one bunch. It'd be one of the heaviest organisms on earth. Like a blue whale and or something. Also the yeah. oldest. It's about 3000 years old, I think it is. Wow. So just to give us a good look at to like what we can look forward to um, for 2023, can you give us some information or walk us through what we, what we know so far? Yeah. So 2023 is likely to be uh, quite different. So this was our first year, 2022. Um, and, you know, we, we learned a lot uh, about it. And within the mycology world, there is a, a small but mighty group of people who do DNA sequencing. And it, it's important in the world of mycology to have that DNA sequencing because there's a lot of mushrooms. Um, there's a lot of species that are still being discovered, but mo most importantly is that we don't know what species, you know, we really have here. And, and that's the interesting thing. So when we say, you know, that we think that we have around 11,000 fruit bodies or different fungi that create fruit bodies in North America, um, it's an approximate, right? We can, we can tell you pretty much guaranteed how many exact species of birds there are, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but we couldn't tell you that number of, of fungi or even, you know, mushroom fruit bodies. And so right. what we really need to do is get out there and, and find all of the mushrooms that we possibly can. And so 2022 was really just about that. It was spread the word, get as many people out to make observations, as many observations as possible is, is the goal because eventually, you know, for every 1000 observations you get, one of them is going to be a rare species, right? Or maybe it'll be a new species, but uh -huh. we won't even know generally if it's a new species unless that DNA sequencing is also occurring because so many of these mushrooms actually look so similar to others. And the only way of knowing that it's actually a different mushroom through the DNA sequencing. So that's something that we're definitely going to be working on going forward. Great. Something to look forward to. Thanks yeah. for joining us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, guys. This is fantastic. <laughs> I loved it. 
You can check out the Great North American Fungi Quest at SciStarter. Also, don't miss the Mushroom Observer Project, which partnered in the Fungi Quest. You might also want to visit Robert Corteau's Think Fungi website. You'll find links to all three in the info section of this podcast. Well, that's all we've got for you this time. For the SciStarter team, I'm Bob Hershon. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you each month by SciStarter, where you will find thousands of citizen science projects, events, and tools. It's all at SciStarter.org. That's S-C-I-S-T-A-R-T-E-R dot O-R-G. SciStarter's founder is Darlene Cavalier. And thanks so much to you, the listener and the citizen scientist, for getting involved and making a difference. If you have any ideas you want to share with us and any things you want to hear on this podcast, get in touch with us at info at SciStarter.org. Once again, our email address is info at SciStarter.org. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.